0: The Torah content from now through Lagba Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode, with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweiss.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I am Rabbi Matt and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between... Judaism and Stoicism You may have noticed that I have not posted an episode for 30 days Or at least 30 halakhic days uh, The last episode I posted was a recording of the eulogy I gave for my Rebbe, Rabbi Moskowitz, uh, Zechr Tadek Libracha And uh, today, or at least the day I'm recording this, is the day of his shloshim. And I say halakhic 30 days because uh, shavuot has cut out some days. Uh, So it's really been, what, 21 days? Yeah, 21 days. 22 days? I don't know. So, um, yeah, I basically... uh, that was quite a week. (laughs) I didn't record that week, and then I kind of focused for the rest of the... uh, the remainder of the the subsequent weeks. I focused on... um, you know, devoting all my attention to yeshiva for the remaining weeks of the, uh, the yeshiva year. So that's that. Uh, hopefully you were able to catch up on old episodes. Um, and, uh, meanwhile, I have been trying to figure out ways to jumpstart my, uh, relaunching of the Stoke Jew podcast, not relaunching, just resuming. Um, I figured that since today is Rabbi Moskowitz's Shloshim, which actually begins in half an hour, uh, I would talk about a quality, one of the many virtues that I saw exemplified in Rabbi Moskowitz, which is also written about by the Stoics. So this is, I'm going to read to you an excerpt from uh, Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, book 6, chapter 21. If anyone can prove and show to me that I think and act in error, I will gladly change. For I uh, sorry, I would gladly change it. For I seek the truth, by which no one has ever been harmed. The one who is harmed is the one who abides in deceit and ignorance. So Rabbi Moskowitz used to quote a uh, a, a passage from Saadya uh, and he would quote it as follows. He would say something to the effect of, uh, "You have to have enough courage or independence." I forgot what word he used to follow your mind 100 percent but enough intellectual humility to back down when you're you're shown to be wrong um and i say uh that this is a uh side quote with the uh you know the the qualification that rabbi moskowitz was never really good at remembering things so This might be a Sadi quote, I don't know actually where it comes from, I've never seen it inside. Uh, For all I know, it's a paraphrasing of Sadi introduction to Emunas Videos and not an actual quotation, but whatever, it's a true idea. And uh, I wanted to talk about this because this is something that Rabbi Mosk was truly exemplified, that he was just interested in the truth no matter who said it, Uh, he was not attached to his ideas for ego reasons, Uh, he would accept ideas from whoever said them, whether they be his illustrious Chavrusa Rabbi Chait, or a prominent, another prominent student, or uh, a ninth grader in his, uh, in his, uh, you know, non-honors chumash class. You know, Rabbi Moskowitz was completely open to the truth and did not let his own ego get in the way, uh, in any way, um, and he didn't even let his own uh, positions get in the way. Uh, you know, uh, Rabbi Moskowitz would famously say that, uh, you know, uh, that that you can't hold him to the same positions that he held in the past. You know, he joked that that his wife, Mrs. Moskowitz, uh, should get the marriage annulled because he's not the same man that. Uh, He was when she married him because he's constantly evolving and it really is true. You know That's one of the thing well again one of the many things that was inspiring to me about Robin Mosk Which is that he was a true thinker. He was constantly reinventing himself constantly Constantly discovering new methods constantly uh, revising his even his basic theories about about Torah about the human psyche about methodology uh, constantly innovating new new things in methodology that would uh, upend previous findings and um and you know if you quoted him an idea that he said in the past i mean it just wouldn't phase him and if it did phase him it wouldn't phase him it would just be because of the he would be compelled by the strength of the idea not by the fact that he said it you know he was completely he had completely no allegiance he had no allegiance whatsoever to prior positions that he held because he was just interested in the truth as his mind saw it in the moment um I wanted to also bring in a quotation from uh, Emerson, a famous quotation uh, from his uh, essay, Self-Reliance. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds, adored by little statesmen and philosophers of divines. Sorry, and philosophers and divines. Um, I don't know what he means (laughs) uh, in terms of, uh, in the context. Uh, I just have seen this quoted many times, but what intrigued me was the notion of a foolish consistency um versus a real inconsistency, you know, a real philosopher is not going to be able to accept a contradiction. And Brian Mosk, the way he would always always express it is saying that contradictions don't exist in reality. You know, so if you have a contradiction in the mind, then something something has to give. You know, something is not true. Something is not accurate. Um. So and yet there is such such a thing as a foolish consistency when you strive to be consistent and that striving results in you making a premature conclusion about what is true and and a thinker will not do that because a thinker will realize that there are certain points in your development of an idea or your development in general where you will be holding two ideas that are not consistent. And the fact that you hold those two ideas does not mean that you're embracing a contradiction. It just means that you don't have enough information yet. You know. And again, this is another thing that was very evident from learning with the Reverend Moskowitz, that he completely accepted the limitations on his own mind, would not venture past uh, his own abilities. And uh, you know he was not a philosopher. He was not a metaphysician. Uh, he did talk about philosophy and metaphysics, but only insofar as he was uh, he perceived him his uh, himself able. Um, and you know, as a student, both in high school and in yeshiva and beyond, it was very inspiring to see someone who who I viewed as so great in thinking be so humble to know his own limits, you know, and uh, and I undoubtedly that really uh, affected my own development and uh, helped me to rein in my own uh, you know youthful, uh, arrogance, intellectual arrogance to, like, go into areas that I'm not ready for or to, uh, uh, you know, muster up certainty when certainty isn't warranted. So, um, yeah. So the question, I guess, is why is this something that Marcus Aurelius wrote about, right? I mean, it's not something that you would identify immediately as being stoic. So I don't need really to answer that question, but I would venture to guess that, you know, a stoic needs to be aware of external forces and internal forces. And one of the internal forces is uh, you know, is arrogance and haughtiness and uh, misplaced conviction in your own in the greatness of your own mind. So So you know, it would be in the interest of a stoic to, to be aware of that and to uh, guard against it. Uh, you know, Stokes, you know, Epictetus always talks about not not being taken in by impressions. And, you know, the examples that we've talked about in previous episodes of the podcast have to do with external impressions, uh, you know, things that happen to you from the outside, which you label and attach a value judgment to. But the same thing can happen internally, where where you're involved in some form of learning or thinking, and you arrive at a conclusion, and that conclusion makes an impression on you that this must be true because I thought of it, or this must be true because I want it to be true, and then you attach a value judgment to it as being good. Uh, but those impressions are just as dangerous as the other impressions that Epictetus warns you to guard against. So uh, it would be in the interest of every stoic to you know, to to be aware of these things and to not give in to them um, in the same way that they would be on guard against uh, external impressions. So yeah. All right. Hopefully, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be uh, out of town next week. Uh, I don't know what that will say for my, uh, my Stoju output, but, uh, you know, it feels good to make another episode. Um, and, uh, I hope this continues throughout the summer. That's it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are matt at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the costs of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishneweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening, thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.